Well, how are you today, church? You excited to be here today? Man, I hope you are excited as I am. Today we are in the middle of a series called Mixtape, actually week number two. It's a three-week series. We'll finish it up next week. And uh, it's the first time we've ever done a series on music as long as I've been the lead pastor here. So hopefully last week, if you were here, was a blessing to you. Guys, blessed by that last week? Did that help? Awesome. Hey, a few quick thoughts before we jump into today's talk. Today we're actually live online right now, so we want to welcome everyone who's watching at home. We welcome you. So exciting. We hope that you're blessed today by our service, and so I want to acknowledge that. Also, if you were here last week, you heard me talk a little bit about this thing called the growth track. You know, a lot of people attend our church, and they kind of like our church, and if it was sort of like a, a thing on social media or a tweet, you would like hit like. It's like, oh, I like Emmanuel, you know, the worship is good, the pastor is funny, and that's about it, you know. But you wouldn't say necessarily that Emmanuel is the place that you go and you're on mission and you're trying to change the world with the church. Like you wouldn't quite say that. It's like, ah, I kind of like it. Well, we would love for you to be able to say, man, you got skin in the game and you love this place and you're on mission to see people come to Christ and grow in Christ and you're in a relentless pursuit to see your friends, family members, and loved ones come to Christ. We would love for you to be able to say that. So what we've done is created this thing called Growth Track. It's a four-step process if you weren't here last week. In step one, you basically learn how to trust Christ with your entire life, not just parts, and you kind of compartmentalize your faith. That's step one. Step two, you learn how to connect with the church through a body of believers in a small group, and then step three, you discover how God has uniquely created you with gifts and talents and skills that he wants you to use to make an impact. And that's step four, where you figure out how you can make an impact in his kingdom and move the ball forward up the field. And so what we want to do is we want everyone to feel like you are on mission. This isn't just a place where you come on the weekend and you take in a service or you sing some songs and then you leave and maybe come back next week. We want to go, we want to take you far beyond that. We want you to join our team and join our mission. So you can register at myeclife.org for the August uh, sessions. They start uh, this uh, uh, next week. Is that right? Two weeks from now? Thanks. I like that Matt's sitting right here. Um, they start in, in two weeks. And then if you miss week one or week two for whatever reason, maybe you procrastinated. Not that anybody does that. Nobody procrastinates, right? But if you do procrastinate, you end up going to week, you can actually start on week three, and then in September, you can circle back to step one and step two, and uh, you can just do it that way. We're gonna offer it in September, October, November, December. It's just gonna become part of our DNA. Cool? Is that cool, guys? Awesome. All right. Now, let's, uh, let's, uh, let me also acknowledge the fact that this is a rare weekend. I actually have my entire family here with me, with me today. Now, when I say my entire family, I mean like every single one of them. It's kind of fun. My mom and my dad and my two brothers and their wives and all of the nieces and nephews are here today. And uh, would you guys stand really quick? Just, just kind of, it's like two rows of them. I, they, yeah, there they are right there. Love you guys. They didn't know I was going to do that and uh, just, you know, live in front of thousands of people um, and I'm online too. So I just wanted to tell you guys, and, and I think, I think you all would appreciate this too, that isn't it true that a lot of my sermon illustrations come from my family, right? So they know you guys. And so I thank you for all of the content for all of the years. Uh, that you have uh, raised me and so no but honestly I wanted to honor all of you today and and just say I I would not be the pastor here if it weren't for my family and so uh, can we just give them one more round of applause guys very cool 
so no pressure, we're just live online and my dad's here and my mom's here, so I just, just chill out. No, it's gonna be fun. So week two, week two of Mixtape. Last week we started this series called Mixtape and what we said was music is so powerful that we, we love to put all of our favorite songs and our favorite music in one location. Years ago we used to do this with a, with a thing called a Mixtape. Anybody old enough to remember this? If you weren't here last week, the, some of you are not old enough, you've never seen one of these, okay? Some of my nieces and nephews have never seen this is called a cassette tape. And what you'd have to do to get all of your music in one location is so if you didn't have a lot of tapes, you'd have to put this into the cassette recorder and then wait for your favorite song to come on the radio and hit record. And then you can do that again and again and again. And it would take literally hours to create your favorite mixtape. Anybody ever do that before? Ah, yeah. So, and the reason we did that is because we love music. Now today, you just get your iPhone out and really quick on Spotify or Apple Music or something like that, you make a quick playlist and there it is. Like within minutes, you've got a favorite playlist. And so, you know, music is powerful. Everywhere you go, there's music. Inside of church, there's music. You go to a funeral, there's music. You go to a wedding, there's music. A birthday party, there's music, right? You go to a sporting event, there's music before they start playing the game. It's amazing, in a grocery store, there's music that's tailored for you, the shopper, to try to get you to buy more stuff. I just learned this the other day. One of our staff members brought this up. They said that, and I'm surprised I didn't know this because I grew up in a baseball family and we watched a lot of baseball, Yankees and Mets, and I just didn't know this, but apparently the batters, when they, before they go up to play, they can hand select or they can select a song that they will play over the loudspeakers as they walk up to the plate with their bat. Did anybody else know that? I didn't know that, I just found that out. And I thought, why would they do that? Just a few hands, why would they do that? It's because they wanna get up to that plate and they wanna feel like a monster, right? They wanna feel like totally juiced. They wanna feel like in control of this pitcher so that they can hit whatever this guy throws at them. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of music. It affects us. Last week we said it affects us emotionally. And what we said last week, just a little bit of review, is that our emotions are everything. Our emotions are sort of the ball game, isn't it? You ever been so down, so discouraged, so low that you didn't feel like doing anything? Ever been there? I've been there a few times in my life. I had a couple of knee surgeries. And after my, one of my knee surgery, I was, so, I was so out of it. I was so emotionally drained. I didn't even want to drink a cup of coffee. Can you imagine? <laughs> no coffee. I mean, I was just out of it. How you feel is a big deal because our emotions really determine the quality of our life. We looked at a verse in Proverbs 15, verse 15. It said this, for the despondent, for the sad, for the melancholy, melancholy, for the person who's down, for the person who's low, every day brings trouble. This is why they took Eeyore out of the cartoon Winnie the Pooh because he was so depressing. <laughs> it, when something good would happen to Eeyore, it didn't matter. It was like, oh, you know, sad. He was making all the kids depressed, so he's, he's out of there. It doesn't, listen, it's interesting. It doesn't say that your circumstances make you melancholy. It just says that if you're melancholy or despondent, every day brings trouble. But watch the opposite. For the happy heart, for that, for that person who's emotionally healthy, every day is a continual feast. In the Bible, a feast lasted for seven days. It was time to party. It was a time to celebrate in the Old Testament, celebrate God, celebrate what he did. The Bible says when you have a healthy emotional state, no matter what happens to your life, you are having a continual feast. You know people like this? I do. They don't draw happiness from their circumstances. They begin inside and then that colors everything they do, they do or everything that happens to them. And so what we said last week, very simple challenge if you were here, take music 
and use it strategically to create healthy emotions, things like love and strength and faith and hope. Did anybody do it? Anybody do it? A few hands? Okay, I gotta preach a little bit better, a little bit better. Because if you don't take action, then there'll be no change. Okay, so let's jump into today. What are we gonna talk about today? I was gonna talk about worship and how music is a way to help us worship God. I'm gonna tackle that next week, so you're gonna wanna be here and, and dial in. Today, what I wanna do is just kinda add on or build upon what I said last week. Music doesn't only affect our emotional state, it also has a direct effect on our actions. Please take notes, you forget most of what you don't write down. So, actions, music. It doesn't just affect our emotional life, it also affects the way we behave. You know, I'm a student of life. I love to study how different people have achieved extraordinary results. And it's kind of across the board. If I see someone who's achieved extraordinary success in business, I wanna know how they did it. So I'll read their book or I'll listen to their podcast. If I see someone who has an extraordinary marriage, I'll kind of dive in and kind of say, okay, what did, you know, you've been married for 25 years and you guys are still like giving each other that look. You know the look? Like, I actually like you, and it's just enduring you, right? Some people just endure their spouse, right? You don't want to be there. So I, I like to see, whoa, whoa, the, those people, 20 years in, they're still in love. What'd they do? What'd they do? What'd they do? And I do a little study on them, and sometimes it gets a little bit weird, but that's okay. That's okay, because I want to figure things out. And then sometimes I'll notice some parents that are raising some great kids, and I'm looking at their kids, and I'm like, their kids are dynamite. I want my kids to be dynamite. Anybody else? Like good, good people and contributing to society, right? So I kind of like dive and say, oh, what are those parents doing to create kids like that? Anybody else do this? Like, I want to know. I want to learn. And so I'll kind of go across the board. I'll just kind of study success. I love doing this with athletes. You see somebody like a, like, I don't know, a Steph Curry or a Kobe Bryant or some, even a different sport. I always talk about basketball, but uh, you know, how did they get to that level? I, I read about this the other day, that Kobe Bryant, 20 years ago, when he got drafted, anybody know who Kobe is? Lakers, LA Lakers, okay, great player. So, so on the night he was drafted, on the day he was drafted to the Lakers, you know where he went? This is fascinating, you can Google it. Some of you are gonna do it right now. He went to the gym and did shot, and shot shots. He didn't just shoot shots, he counted makes. He would shoot, he would, he would count his, his makes, 800 makes a day, which would mean he would probably have to shoot about 1,000 if he was shooting 80%. That's a lot of shots. I love studying that stuff, because people think that Kobe Bryant, oh, he just kinda grabbed the ball one day and started doing Michael Jordan's kind of stuff. Not true. He worked his butt off. Here's what I've learned about people who achieve extraordinary success in life sometimes with God helping them, sometimes without God helping them, is that they have a bias towards action. Tony Robbins is a, is a personal development guy and probably the guru of all gurus when it comes to motivational speaking and all that stuff. He said this, the path to success is to take massive, determined action. You wanna have a great marriage, you gotta take action. You wanna have great kids, you gotta take action. You wanna be successful in business, you gotta take action. You wanna have a great classroom if you're a teacher, you gotta take action. There's just massive action. Here's what I learned in my short life, and I know there's a, there's a lot of stuff I need to continue to learn in my life, but in your notes there, it's action, not intention, that leads to progress. Action, not intention. We all have good intentions, don't we? Oh, one day I'm gonna lose the weight, one day I'm gonna start a business, one day I'm gonna fix the marriage, one day I'm gonna reconcile with my brother, my sister, my uncle, or whoever. I'll for, one day I'm gonna extend forgiveness to them, one day, one day, one day. And that's why you're still where you are today. Isn't that true? It's because action, not intention, leads to progress. Now, if that's true, which I believe it is, yes, you agree, you agree with this? 
Here's a question I've been asking myself. If action, not intention, leads to progress, then what is the primary motivation for action? Like, what drives action? Now, before I give you the answer, I want to talk about a rare breed of people, okay? Some of you know somebody like this, and they tick you off, and you get mad at them a lot. These are the type of people who who have this unique quality called self-discipline. Have you heard about it? Self-discipline is this unique ability and quality character or character quality uh, where someone is able to do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, even when they don't feel like it, without being told. Let me say that again because that was kind of a mouthful. mouthful. Self-discipline is basically the ability to do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, regardless of how you feel, without someone telling you to do it. Do you like these people? These are the people who stay on the budget even when they don't feel like it. These are the people who eat the carrots and the celery and the, and the healthy, clean food, even though they don't feel like it, because who really feels like eating that way? Right? These are the people who do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it, regardless of how they feel without being told. Some, some students are like this. If you're, you know, I, I, I couldn't stand students like that. They would do their homework when they were supposed to do it. They would, they would study for tests in college, when they were supposed to study without their parents telling them, you know? It's like, and that was, that was a struggle for me because I lack self, self-discipline, right? So there's, those, there's that group of people. And then, guess, and then the, guess what the other group is? It's us. It's everybody here. <laughs> it's like, it's like a, and we, we, we take action. Like, we take action when what? When we, when we feel like it. And the problem is we just don't feel like it. Isn't that true? That's why we are where we still haven't lost the weight. That's why, you know, we still haven't accomplished the thing we would love to accomplish or the thing we have intentions to accomplish. And, and, and with teenagers, they have this thing called uh, uh, me and also me on Instagram. Have you heard about this? So they'll say, oh, I'd love to do this. This is me, but this is also me. So like for me, it's like I would love to, to, to eat healthy all the time and, and, and kind of get off caffeine. That's me. There's a, there's a true intention there. And then there's also me. So I just, <laughs> it's just me. Three times a day, you know? You know, I, I would love to write a book. I really would. I have all these intentions. You guys, you're probably tired of hearing me talk about it, okay? And then there's, and then there's also me. I like, to take, I like to take naps, and I like to relax. <laughs> I like to watch the NBA playoffs. And I, one, one year, I told myself, after the playoffs are over, then I'll be disciplined enough to write, write the book. No, it hasn't happened. Because if you're like me, then it, it's, it, we only take action when we feel like taking action. And the problem with feelings is that they come, and then they go. Right? So here's a qu- another question. If that's true, which I believe it is, is it possible to create the right emotions, to trigger the right actions? Is it possible to do that? So that you would feel like doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it. I believe that that is absolutely possible. There's a couple of different ways to do it. You can get around motivated people. You can listen to podcasts. You can read books. You can do this. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about leveraging the power of music to create emotions that would trigger actions in our life. You know, year, decades ago, there wasn't science or research to prove the connection between lyrics and action, but today, thousands of studies have been done that absolutely prove the connection, the cause and effect connection between music and behavior. 
to cite just, just three of those. There was a, a study put out in the Journal of uh, uh, Pediatrics uh, that said that students who listen to lyrics that are charged with sexuality and all kinds of sexual uh, material are much more likely to engage in sexual behavior before marriage. And to, to that, we would all go, duh. Right? But now there's actually research that proves the connection. There's another study done by Iowa University by Dr. Anderson. I thought it was a cool name. Uh, he put this out. He said that, that students who listen to lyrics that are charged with violence and abuse and mistreating people have much more aggressive personalities, which leads to much more volatile social situations and hostile social situations, to which we would go, duh. I mean... If that's what you're listening to, if that's what you're putting in, that's what you're going to get, right? There's another study done called The Secret uh, of, uh, of the Unborn Baby, or I, I think I got that right. Uh, you, can, you can research it when you get home. But uh, this study was on a bunch of pregnant women, and they put headphones on the belly, and they, they let the, the, the babies listen to nice, soft, gentle, relaxing music. And what they saw inside the belly, inside the womb, was that the heart rates went down, and there was less kicking by the babies. And then they put the headphones on there and put some heavy metal on there, which I'm like, what mother would do that, you know? Apparently, they, some moms would, but they saw, they saw the heart rates rise and the baby started kicking in the mother's belly because of the music. Now, we didn't need all those studies to know that there's a connection, but what, what we now know scientifically is that there is a connection between the lyrics and the music that comes into our mind and the actions that we take. I was looking at a playlist not, not that long ago this week. And I have a playlist on my phone called um, My Favorites. And I was looking at it, and one of the songs on there was a song called Lead Me. And it's a song by Sanctus Real. Anybody heard, heard this song? And I, I can't sing, so I wanted to read the lyrics to you. And I, I was wondering, why did I put that on my favorites, favorites list? And I think you're going to understand why when I read these lyrics. This is a dad and a husband talking. I look around and see my wonderful life almost perfect from the outside. In picture frames, I see my beautiful wife always smiling. But on the inside, I can hear her saying, lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. But what about us? I have dreams in my life. Anybody else have dreams? I have dreams for this church. That just hits me right there. Show me that you're willing to fight, that I'm still the love of your life. I know that we call this our home, but I still feel alone. Then he kind of turns to his kids, and these are his, this is what he says. I see their faces, look into their innocent eyes. They're just children from the outside. I'm working hard. I tell myself they'll be fine. They're independent. But on the inside, I can hear them saying, lead me with strong hands. Stand up when I can't. Don't leave me hungry for love, chasing dreams. But what about us? Show me that you're, show me that you're willing to fight, and I'm still the love of your life. I know that we call this our home, but I still feel alone. And then he kind of turns it into a prayer. He says, so Father, give me the strength to be everything that I'm called to be. Oh Father, show me the way to lead them. Won't you lead me? to lead them with strong hands, to stand up when they can't. Don't want to leave them hungry for love, chasing things that I could give up. I'll show them I'm willing to fight and give them the best of my life so that we can call this our home. So lead me. 
I can't do this alone. Father, lead me, because I can't do this alone. I'm here to tell you today that when I hear that song, when I listen to that song, there's emotion that is stirred inside of me. And every single time I think of my son Andrew, I think of my son Bo, I think of my daughter Ruby, I think of my precious wife. I don't ever want to hear them say, yeah, dad, but what about us? You weren't there. We know the church is going well, but what about us? And I take action, and I go invest, and I dive in, and I show my family in some way, not perfectly, not perfect, you can ask them, not perfectly, but I show them that I love them. Now, I don't claim to be able to explain all that perfectly, but here's how I put it in your notes. This is my best shot. Music affects our emotions, and our emotions drive our actions. I think that's how God created us, I really do. It works every time. Unfortunately, it works for the negative as well. What we listen to stirs our emotions and our emotions trigger actions for the good or the worse. In this series, what we've said is let's try to figure out how to leverage music to produce the most good in our lives. Let me give you a few examples from the Bible because if you think about it, If music does that, if that's true, we ought to be able to open up this book and see examples of music. And in fact, the largest book in the Bible is what? It's the book of what? The book of Psalms. And what is that? It's a book of songs. Go figure. (laughs) And when you look into the book of Psalms, what you see is all this this incredible music and lyrics that are challenging us to take massive action. Let me give you a few examples. In Psalm chapter 27, verse 14, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. This is a lyric. This is a song. This is, this is music. It, now, when, 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 the, when the psalmist says wait, he doesn't mean like, you know, hey, wait around and say, okay, God, where are you at? You know, waiting on you. That's not what he means. What he means is that when life throws you a curveball, when you become fearful, you need to be brave and courageous by waiting upon God, by trusting in him, by putting your hope in him. This is a, this is a song. Is it difficult to trust God? Yes or no? When life, get, when life hits the fan? Come on, guys, be honest. When life throws your curveball and someone gets diagnosed or some kind of tra- tragedy hits or there's a job situation that, that switches, it is difficult. You and I need to be the type of people who will wait upon God when something difficult happens. That's a, that's a song. That's, that's a lyric. Let's look at another one. In the Bible, Psalm chapter 34, verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys for those who take refuge in him. Have you ever tasted something so good? The other night, my, my, my wife made these mashed potatoes and, and people were commenting about how uh, my family was saying, man, they're so good, what did you put in these? You know, it was like so, it was so tasty. You ever, you ever, did you ever have that experience? I'm sure you have. Maybe it's with chicken or steak or something good. You, you know, if you're a vegetarian, maybe it's something like broccoli or something, I don't know, which I think. <laughs> it's so good that what you wanna do is you wanna turn to the other person and you wanna say, you gotta taste this, isn't that right? And, and, and with my kids, it's difficult because they, they don't like a whole lot of stuff. You know, it's like peanut butter and jelly and, and pasta, pizza and hamburgers and stuff. But sometimes I'll look at them and say, do you trust dad? D- don't, don't I, guys? Like, do you trust me? Like, do you, like, look at me. You trust me? Yeah, we trust. Okay, so open your mouth. You know, it's like a, I got like a 50-50 success rate when I do that. 
but it's so good that I want them to experience it. That's what the psalmist is saying. He's like, like God is so good to the soul, not the taste buds, but the taste buds of the soul. He's so tasty. He's so wonderful. He delivers joy. He delivers peace. He delivers strength. Like you, you need to taste some of this. Open your mouth. That's, that's, that's a song. That's a song right there. You didn't know it meant all that, did you? Before we were just looking at it. That's what it means. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Anybody excited about that? That's a song. That's music. That's a, that, that, that takes massive action for me to turn to God and say, God, satisfy my soul. I will not turn to money. I will not turn to power. I will not turn to any type of immorality. I will turn to you. That's powerful. Let's look at another one. Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. This phrase right here, take delight, means to find your happiness in God. That's what it means. Now, a lot of people today will try to find their happiness when they'll say things like, well, I'll be happy when I have a baby. I'll be happy when I get a promotion. I'll be happy when, you know, I get rid of this person out of my life. <laughs> I'll be happy when, you know, my, when, I can, when my kids leave. I'll be happy, whatever, right? The Bible says, literally, find your happiness in God. Because what you'll do and what I'll do is we'll try to find our happiness in something other than God and we might have a little bit, might be a little hit of pleasure there, a little bit of happiness, and then what happens to it? It fades away. Take delight. This is a song. This is music right here. Look at the next verse, verse five. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust him, and he will help you. This word commit means to literally roll off your plate onto his plate. That's what the Hebrew word means. Imagine if you did that with your life. Everything that you're working on, the family you're working on, the business you're working on, the job that you have, the, everything that you've committed to do, imagine if you just rolled that on the God. Look what happens. He will help you. Wow, that's a song, that's music. That's massive action. Why does David put all of this, or the psalmist, why does he put all of this to music? Because he knows that music stirs the emotions and the emotions trigger the actions. Isn't that powerful? Let's look at another one, Psalm 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. This word simply means to pick up the, 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 the burden and throw it off your plate. Like take the cargo and throw it off the ship because God's shoulders are bigger than yours. This is, this is a song. It also happens to be massive action. Could you imagine how the quality of your life would change if you took all of the burdens, all of the things that you are stressed out about and worried about and all the things that you think might happen in the future and you just picked it up and you cast it upon God? What would happen in your life if you did that? That's, that's music. Do you need to do that? Yes or no? I sure do. Say, so God, I'm gonna give this to you. I'm gonna trust you with this. What about another one? Just, just a couple more. Will you bear, bear with me? This is great stuff. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter his gates with, say it with me, thanksgiving. And go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This is music. This is a song where God is telling us, here's what I want you to do. When you come, when you come into my, pl my, my place of worship, I want you to bring thanksgiving. I want you to praise my name. Do you know that there is scientific research out there today? people that are atheists, people that are agnostic, and what they have found is that when you practice gratitude in your life and you just, are, you just give thanks regularly, they're not saying to give thanks to someone, they're just saying to be thankful, which is interesting, don't you think? What they found is that when a person practices gratitude, their, physiolo their physiology changes and their psychology changes and they're more healthy than they were before if they would just simply start practicing gratitude. Now, of course, we can fill in the gaps because we know there's a, there's a good God in heaven who loves us and every good and perfect gift comes from above from our Father, right? Don't we know that? 
And so when we, when we practice gratitude, we're saying, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you, God, for what's going on in my life. Thank you, God, for providing so I can pay my bills. Thank you, God, for, for the health and, and the, all these different things that I have. This is, this is music. Can you imagine how your life would change if you practiced gratitude? Let me give you one more and then we'll, we'll wrap up. Psalm 105, verse four. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Now, if you're a Bible reader, you know this sounds familiar. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33? If you can quote it with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. And here we see in Psalm, seek the Lord. What does it mean to seek? It means to look everywhere. Have you ever lost your cell phone? <laughs> right? Have you ever lost your keys? A purse, pair of shoes, favorite shirt, favorite blouse, anybody? Or am I the only one? Yes? Here's my phone. Here's my keys. These suckers are slippery. <laughs> I mean, they're so slippery. My wife, for Father's Day, she got me this thing called the tile. You ever you heard about it? There's an app that goes with it. So if I misplace my keys, I go to the app and it has a map to where these little guys have gone. It is phenomenal. I'm getting paid for this advertisement, by the way. <laughs> I'm getting text messages right now. That's fun. Um, so I go to the app. It shows me where my keys are. Now, if I misplace my phone, because that happens, I go to the tile and this, I press this little button right here and this, this sucker starts going off. Isn't that unbelievable? I've used it like five times since Father's Day. I love you, honey. Thank you. <laughs> what a gift. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? This is so much fun. If you had an app where you could press where, and it's like, find God. And you hit it and then like he started beeping wherever he was, right? Because I mean, that's, I mean, it's saying seek him. It's like, wow, if I had an app, it'd be a little easier if I could be able to find you, you know? We're having fun, but here's the deal. Maybe you don't know this. God is not far from us. Like he's not hiding. You just have to have a trained eye and a trained soul to sense him. Sometimes you could do it at night. You go outside, you look at the stars and you go, oh my gosh. The heavens declare the glory of God. You could see his, his fingerprints and all of a sudden you find yourself Worshiping, you sense his presence. Sometimes it's in the face of a baby. You see a baby and you go, oh my gosh, this little glob of flesh has, wasn't here, now it's here, and only God, right? He's not far from us. Sometimes you can see it in someone who's expressing forgiveness for another human being and you go, how did you forgive him? Like, I don't, I would have never forgiven that guy. Only God, you can see, you can see it if your eye is trained and you're looking. You can find, this is a lyric, guys. This is a song. That in the song there is massive action. Let me, let me, let me, let me, ask, let me ask this way. What would happen if you sought after God every single day and you entered his courts with thanksgiving and praise. And you casted your burdens upon him every day. And you took delight in God. And you committed your way to him. And you tasted God with your soul. And you waited upon God when things got rough. Would your life change for the better? Yes or no? Wow. That's music. Every 
verse I showed you today was a song. Why? Because music affects our emotions and our emotions drive our actions. Three quick questions we'll wrap up. Number one, what's God been calling you to do? Patch up that marriage? Write a book? Get in shape? Have that difficult conversation with your son? Forgive? I don't know. You know. It's that thing that, that you intend to do that you haven't done yet because you didn't feel like doing it. What's God calling you to do? Number two, what actions are required to get there? Like what do you actually have to do? Some of you is like, I really need to, close, I need to leave a life of sin and doing things my way and I need to draw closer to God and I need to develop an intimate relationship with him. What actions do you need to take to make that happen? Do you need to spend time in prayer, time in, in the word, time meditating on scripture and memorizing scripture? What actions do you need to take to repair your marriage? What do you gotta do? Because action, not intention, leads to progress, yes? And then here's number three, and this is, ties it all together. What music will create the emotions that will trigger those actions? What kind of playlist do you have to create to build your faith? What kind of playlist do you have to create to repair your marriage? What kind of playlist do you have to create to forgive that person who's hurt you? What kind of music will trigger the emotions that will lead you to take the actions you know you need to take to make progress? And then you go home and you, you figure it out and you listen to that over and over and over again. Does that make sense? I hope this was encouragement to you. I thought it was, there's no better way today to close than to close with some music. So I asked Adam to come out. I love Adam. He's a great guy. Where's Adam? Love his skinny jeans and his beard, didn't he? Something? <laughs> awesome guy. Where is he? He's coming out here in just a second. I asked him to close with a song um, called I Will Follow. And the reason I asked him to close with this song is every time I hear it, my emotions are stirred. No matter what's going on in my life, if, if, if people are succeeding or I'm confused or I have questions or whatever's happening in my life. Hey guys. Hi Adam. Uh, whatever's going on, this song that he's about to lead us in to sing, it stirs my emotions to always take action to follow Jesus Christ even when things are not going well or they're going well or whatever's going on in my life. So as he leads us in this song, I'm gonna ask you, worship God today through song. Let him, ask him to stir your emotions that will trigger actions to follow him and then I'll close us when we're done. When the sea is calm and all is right When I feel your favor flood my life Even in the good I'll follow you Even in the good I'll follow you When the boat is tossed up storms I'll follow you even in the storms I'll follow you 
this size and maybe those of you some of you watching online um, there's some of you that are feeling and sensing um, a drawing in to whatever's going on here and I felt that in my life and, and and many others have actually felt that and it might be confusing to you and you're not sure like, like what do you do with that feeling that sensation of wow I, I want to be part of this I, I want I want some of what's going on here let me fill in some gaps for you really quick and then we'll, 
we'll wrap up. What you're sensing and what you're feeling is God. God's spirit is drawing you into himself. He's literally saying to you, come, taste and see that I'm good. I'll fill your soul with what you're longing for, peace and joy and satisfaction and meaning and fulfillment. You say, well, what what does that mean? Well, you've been living your own way for a long time and the Bible would call that sin and that separates you from God and that's not God's plan for your life. So what he did was he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to take care of that, to wash away your sin, to remove sin, to remove the barrier between you and God. So you may have heard this before, but it's worth hearing again. Jesus Christ came to this earth not to be a great teacher, although he was. Do unto others as you wish to be done unto you, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty good stuff, don't you think? But he came to die on a cross and spread out his arms. And the reason he came to do that is because someone had to pay for sin. God is a just God. He wasn't just going to sweep it under the carpet and say, oh, no problem. Someone had to pay. So instead of you paying, Jesus paid. He died in your place, he died in my place. And he removed the gap of sin so that you can walk right into a relationship with God. He died on the cross, but he didn't only die, he rose from the grave, conquering the penalty of sin and death that was held against you and me. And when you embrace what he did for you on the cross, you receive eternal life. And, it's, and, and that's why you're sensing that drawing, because what God is doing, he's drawing you into that moment where you place your faith in him. Does that make sense? So right now, whether you're watching online or you're physically present here, I'm gonna lead you in a simple prayer. It's a prayer of faith where you just reach out to God and say, Jesus, I want this life. I want joy. I want peace. I want to get rid of all of the fear and the shame and the guilt and the worry and the anxiety. I want, I want all that stuff to fall off. I want to embrace eternal life. I'm gonna say a quick prayer. You can take my words, make them your own words. Pray this simple prayer to God and today you can become a child of God and receive the forgiveness of your sins. If you feel led to do that, close your eyes, bow your head, and just pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I still have a lot of questions. I still have some doubt. But today I reach out to you with the small faith that I have I trust you. I want this life. I want joy. I want peace. I want to enter in to eternal life. So right now, would you cleanse me? Wash me. Make me one of your children. As I place my faith in you today, I trust you. And from this day forward, in the ups and the downs and the difficulties and the challenges, help me to follow you. Teach me to trust you every single day moving forward. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Can we give God a hand for what he's done today? So exciting.
Many years ago, many years ago when I put my faith in Christ, I was so incredibly blessed to have someone come alongside of me and tell me, now that you trusted Christ, you need to begin reading the scriptures, reading the Bible. As you read the Bible, you'll begin to learn God's will and how to change and all that good stuff. And so I did it. I started reading the scriptures. And, and so I want to give you that same encouragement today, but I don't want to just encourage you. I actually want to put a Bible in your hands if you prayed that prayer today. If you're watching online, you can send us an email with your address. We'll send one of these to you in your mail if you prayed that prayer to receive Christ today. We want to give you a one-year New Testament because as you read God's Word, the Bible says you're transformed by the way you think. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So grab one of these on your way out if you prayed to receive Christ today and begin reading. I don't want to see any of these at half-price books, okay? You can just give it back to us. You don't have to bring it there uh, if you don't want it. So one more time, can we give God glory for what he's done? Remember to sign up for, for the growth track, myeclife.org, on your way out. Next week, we're going to talking, be talking about how music leads us into a state of worship. You're not going to want to miss that. So let's pray, and then we'll get you out of here. God, we love you. Thank you for the gift of music. Help us to leverage it for good. Help us to put together music, a string of music, a playlist of music that will generate the emotions that are needed to take the actions that will lead us to the place you want to take us, to accomplish the very things that you're calling us to do, the good works that you prepared in advance that we should walk in them. We love you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for the work that you're doing here at this church and all throughout the country now through our online presence. We give you glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Bring a friend.